Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Today we're going to be taking a look at what the heck Barry Windsor Smith was up to when he wasn't making comics after those uh, that first two-year run of Conan. But first, we want you guys to be aware of a new tradition we're starting here at Cartoonist Kayfabe. Christmas in July, we're calling it. We want the makers out there to grab your comp copies that you have laying around. We want the comic fans out there who have uh, doubles laying around. Go to your little local pop-up uh, library, your free little library in your cities and neighborhoods, and drop some comics in those things. Man, we need to generate more comic book readership out there. Also, uh, there will be a bigger video forthcoming where we sort of lay out uh, what we have in our minds uh, for this new tradition that we are beginning. But uh, we also want to invite you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, hit the bell icon so that we can notify you when new videos are available and that will help you get first dibs on the comics that we talk about man it mitigates the kayfabe effect also if you uh, watch these videos to the very end that pushes our youtube content out to uh, other comic book loving youtube viewers helps us grow that audience in a big bad way which is something that helps make it possible to keep these daily videos happening so jimmy tongue-in-cheek man we often well i often will say Ask not what Cartoonist Kayfabe can do for you, <laughs> but ask what you could do for Cartoonist Kayfabe. And there is a fellow out there named Scott Strong, who at this point must have sent us $3,000 worth of riches uh, to the Cartoonist Kayfabe yeah, channel. Grade A, prime material. He is a Cartoonist Kayfabe lieutenant. We give shouts to him, man. Send us the big Chandlers, three copies. That's the thing. He sends this stuff in triplicate. That's good. That's, that's how you keep the team together. <laughs> yeah. He sent us those catalogs for Super Graphics, the Steranko joints that were going through and playing the, the What Would You Buy game. And I think he dug those. He said something about, like, you guys made magic with that. Like, I didn't quite know what was going to happen, but it's better than I thought. Why don't you have these? Why don't you take these? And it's a bunch of gore-blimey Barry Windsor Smith prints, the stuff that he was doing to kind of... He spearheaded, I, I feel like, the, the, the portfolio movement that happened in the late 70s, early 80s. You take a look in those Pacific comics, the Shane's Brothers, and uh, you take a look at the old like Eclipse joints. And even in uh, little ad space in Marvel Comics at the time, there would be these portfolios that would be these very intricate drawings on better paper, maybe six, seven drawings per envelope. And it was an opportunity for a guy to take probably less time than it takes to make a regular comic though in the, the Barry Windsor Smith case I don't know about that but uh, you know you could sell it for 10 20 bucks it, in this case two dollars a clip I'm, I'm guessing is what the price was for that man which is substantially more than what uh, your average comic w was going for yeah you think of the history of comics and sort of the evolutions you know the 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 way just the quality of materials has changed, yeah. this feels like it was about reproduction in a lot of ways and getting those fine lines that these guys were obsessed with, how do we make these things reproduce? Because the newsprint wasn't cutting it. Yes. And so they start bringing in some of the printmaking stuff that you would see in fine arts. Why not apply it to their pen and ink work? Jimmy, once again, Scott Strong has come through and sent us uh, these yeah, suckers nice. in, tri in triplicate. <laughs> So, Scott uh, is is a, is a kayfabe hero for this. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. So let's crack this yes. one open. And these are things that you know I've always heard about, and just extra cool to actually get a chance to see what the heck. Yeah, the very new for me. This is not something that because at this point this stuff's 
expensive marked up like it's not something i would i would seek out and buy 1974 is this the the era on this stuff pretty solid beautiful paper oh yeah you very heavyweight it. stock he he says scott in his letter that like when you and i go to ides and you see a kirby in under the stairs man for 50 cents you just grab it no matter what whether mm -hmm. you have it or not he's that way with barry windsor smith I've never seen this anywhere. I want to know where he shops. We're going to be going to CXC at the end of this year around October. And Scott, if you're going to be there, show us where you shop, bro. <laughs> yes. Take us out, man. Yeah, it makes me wonder about his collection as well. Oh, if this is the stuff that he's able to just like yes. pull out multiple copies of. How about that penmanship, Jimmy? Yeah, I, I look at this stuff and I just marvel because we have so much control now. Yeah. You know, and, and ability to kind of like really get in and make these lines work. And at the time, it was almost impossible to produce something like this in the comics field. Oh, dude, this is a back cover of the uh, Treasury Edition. Yeah, I don't know how handy that nails. is, but it makes me think like, what does that look like printed compared to this? Because the amount of detail, like these lines are just, the hatching is super tight. I would imagine most of that turns turns into a black mess. The cool thing is that treasuries are printed pretty big. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make. Jim Rugg, right now, on the stands, has Hulk, Grand Design, Monster, and Madness, where he distills down 60 years of Incredible Hulk lore into two 40-page volumes with an inevitable trade paperback Marvel treasury size book that I got to look at the PDF. It's going to be the book of 2022. Uh, Red Room, Trigger Warnings, issue uh, 1, th 2, 3, and 4 are on the stands. As we speak, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Every issue is completely self-contained. It is banned in more than 28 countries. It is banned in more than 10 comic shops. Also forthcoming is the Trigger Warnings trade paperback coming out, I believe, the same day as the, uh, as the Hulk Grand Design comic, man. So that is going to be an important day in cartoonist kayfabe history. Tap into every manga fan's greatest dream with Comixology Unlimited. Get unlimited access to an unrivaled library of over 40,000 digital comics, manga, and graphic novels featuring hit manga titles like Attack on Titan, Vinland Saga, and Fairy Tale. And on top of that, you can also save up to 15% when buying select new and current comics. With Comixology Unlimited, get unlimited reading anywhere you go. Try Unlimited today with a free 30-day trial and just $5.99 a month afterwards. For details, visit Amazon.com slash Comics Unlimited. Oh, man. Almost the exact same size, right? Yeah. The reproduction's pretty nice on that cover. You know, like here you can see it gets a little bit dark in some mm -hmm. of this hatching. Mm -hmm. But uh, pretty good, you know, and it's that's a coated stock cover, so that, that I'm sure helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's your, your main cover, too. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very beautiful print. Those studio guys, they really do share a headspace. I can see how this could stoke out a Bernie Wrightson. Yeah, I was thinking Wrightson looking at like some of the shadows. Mm -hmm. And and as we see this, yeah, man, like, like he really builds on top of this. But just like look at this. I mean, he's playing with different... It's, it's almost like that thing we all did when we got hold of that seven pen rapidograph set for Christmas that one year and you got to test out all the all the tips it's what I was thinking because you're right about 
you know, Bernie Wrightson, Al Williamson, somebody with, with the skylines, but it's almost like how many of these textures can you bring in? Because once you get down into the weeds and the rocks and snow, it's very different texturally than what you're seeing, even like in his cloak is another one of those textures. Man, the heavy black pages like this are the ones that you would lose all that in printing. Absolutely. These, these uh, compositions with these battles and stuff, Frazetta comes to mind in terms Definitely. of uh, design and composition and, you know, tilting all these heads. Like, you might even see a crib here and there. It's a great Genesis snapshot of Barry Windsor Smith's art and sort of going from that stage from the his post-Kirby, you know, still working on monthly Conan books to what he evolves into. Yeah, I was going to say, if you would have been a collector and you're seeing this stuff in the late 70s, this would be like an apex. Oh, yeah. You know, they'd be like, the greatest guy ever. And then you think like, produces really big work that he's known for after this this is this is that go in a different direction learn learn a new move yeah and uh and come back and apply it because like his career more than a lot of guys you see like chapters yes and it's kind of remarkable to think this is somewhere eh, middle towards towards the early part he did a uh, brian hibbs interview uh when monster came mm -hmm. out and uh you really I mean, he clearly says that, like, like the drawing, it begins with the drawing for him. Like, he, he fetishizes drawing. Shocking. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> There's a note in Scott's letter, and it talks about delays on one of these portfolios uh, because he's trying to work out the printing that he wants. Yeah, this is on a textured, like, kind of watercolored paper, which seems like an odd choice for something when you want, like, like when you have these kind of uh, ink marks, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you would think that, like, a smoother finish would be what you want, but it looks great. Look at these like giants. This patterning stuff reminds me of, um, again, Joe, Joe Quesada in the 90s mm -hmm. would do a lot of this Absolutely. stuff, like ninjack ornamental stuff. It's something I have a lot of trouble with. So like when I see it, I, I, I tend to kind of like think like, I would dismiss it until I tried drawing it. No, yeah. And then it was like, oh no, this is really hard. The dismissive part in my mind, it comes from just like, uh, this feels 70s, mm -hmm. you know, feels dated. But it makes sense for this kind of imagery. Also, like I think about the imagery that would begin showing up in TSR, uh, role-playing game handbooks, Dungeons and Dragons and the like. And the, everybody that drew that stuff must have been BWS marks. As soon as you said that, I see Tim Truman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think you're right. Because how much fantasy line art are you getting in the 70s? Right. If you were interested in that, this had to be most of what, you, what, what you're finding, at least at this kind of high level. This is 1976, this set. His pre-Raphaelite ideals are really showing off there. Been great drapery. Yeah. It looks like etchings. Wow, the action of that is sublime. Yeah, it really is. You know, you're naming some different people. I'm starting to see like My Michael Kaluta sure. kind of stuff there. And I have no idea who influences who. They're, they're looking at same people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that to kind of suggest where it's going or coming from, but just what I see. Yeah, they're the team. What the fuck? All right, this is Barry Smith's Robert E. Howard portfolio. So I hope we get to see a Solomon Kane in here somewhere. Oh, wow. It's that Super Graphics uh, yes. catalog cover. It's <laughs> neat to see the color, and that color's so trippy. Yeah, it's it's so much more vibrant than uh, what was printed on that on that uh, catalog cover. Putting that color on over top of the ink from the looks, huh, Jimmy? Yeah, I guess so. 
that's that's amazing like that's such an observation right of the light coming through the, the glass you know yeah. like you see the glass colors being cast that's really with the with the saturation of this color it does make me wonder if that's doc martin dyes those guys would stretch those materials man this actually really makes me think of doc martin dyes like with a wet on wet technique yeah i was gonna say the wet on wet for uh the sky back there combining that kind of approach with color on top of this line work I, nobody was doing anything like that no no like there's a lot of steps required to even do that like if if this is uh on the same board you got to have the exact right ink that can take to some wetness and uh the paper you would it's probably like crescent il il illustration board would be used to to draw something like that yeah. and look and look at this just for like a flourish it's like a silver ink yeah there's our boy solomon kane i was he was always like my favorite uh character to look at in the uh marvel magazines because i was a fan of an anime called vampire hunter d and i, and I always just right imagine that that's vampire hunter d that's a that's a great color palette i keep yeah, staring at it night you know, sky. Like it's, it's unusual to see that color palette yeah blue on blue i was thinking shaking the forever man yeah 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 <laughs> I really love the colors yeah they're very different palette wise from print to print he's doing some things man and, and like in the line art part of it there's like an illumination coming this way which is why he's not drawing the bottom of that jaw but the color doesn't reflect it so it really looks Cronenbergish. valeria of the red brotherhood and then you read that robert e howard died a virgin <laughs> Wow. I feel like there's an image like this in Red Nails. Yeah, it could be. I love the variety of image. I'm so impressed by that. You know, how easy would it be to do six barbarians in this? But instead, we're getting all this architecture and different character types. It feels so uh, heavy metal, metal or lot. You know, I could be perfectly at home in a setting like that. Yeah, absolutely. Even the little details like, like crack. You know, like it reads almost like marble, that stonework. Absolutely. And just having a little detail here or there of the imperfections. Fan of, uh, what's the following one? Franklin, Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> Amazing. Really setting the bar high for these portfolio things, man. And, and, and portfolios from this point forward would be synonymous with like your favorite pen and ink artist going full ham on single drawings. There's Brian Ball in portfolios with the most intricate, detailed work you've ever wanted to see. Gene Day, uh, lots of guys. Rain Ness. <laughs> Is that true? I have one of, <laughs> one of my few portfolios. A lot of detailed black and white work. I'm gonna task you with off camera so that we don't embarrass ourselves and we don't make Scott regret sending that to us. You're gonna take care of that one, man. Crack that sucker open. The finger is mightier than the sword. Ragnarok three. Is he flipping the bird? Looks like it. <laughs> what is this? Looks like some kind of zine. This is where you refer to that that letter he sent us. What's the name of that? Ragnarok three. It's got an uh, interview with uh, Von Baudet. We got some cosplayers. 
Yeah, I don't see a, a clear mention of that one. A few of these may not be spelled out. I love any of that kind of stuff. Reproduction in there is very tight. Yeah, not bad. Because that, that was an, an ink wash, that previous one. Mm -hmm. to, and even there, to get some of that value difference. Oh, there's a note for that. <laughs> All these notes are great. I'm trying to see who's staring at the lady's titties right there. Is that, is that Roy Thomas? <laughs> Barry Smith interview in the back. Not much illumination you could glean uh, on yeah, the fly. Yeah, I think uh, you're looking at it. You know, I think it's the interview with Barry Windsor Smith as a reason for inclusion. That looked like that page from, um, I think that was in that auction piece, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, um, it was for a magazine. Remember he had that one page that was... Uh, Forget the magazine it was for, but like an Esquire or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I did open this if you want to check yes, it out. Yes, let's do it. So I, I actually just slid these out of here. So oh, smart. Still intact, and it's like uh, card card prints. Yeah, they almost yeah. feel like letterpress. Totally. Always uses that real, real um, tasteful paper. Mm -hmm. You know, we could go really go Patrick Bateman. American right. Psycho with the production yes. values of, of this, man. Oh, a nice eggshell. <laughs> but uh, this package is, uh, you know, there was that card game that Dave Sim created with Cere Cerebus. And uh, I have have the card set. I never saw uh, that. For that. Yeah, I got that at Phantom. Makes me wonder how big he's working on these. Yeah. Because that can often be a problem, you know, if you reduce too much. There's your your pre-Raphaelite kind of, uh, man. And he really grows. Like, you know, he starts to see that Ad Astra in Africa, like the life death. That's exactly what I was thinking of that that next image. 78. So, so this is four years after he begins these portfolios. Makes you wonder if this is the size that he's producing four years in. Business isn't going the way you'd hoped on. He 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 is pretty very, expensive to do this uh, this color portfolio set. He is very forthcoming yeah, about. Yeah, he's very forthcoming about uh, this stuff not necessarily making the most money for him. But it must have been okay. I'm enough. looking for the comic book sized portfolio set. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. One color sets. Yeah, this is really uh, kind of interesting. Seeing the design of the pages, you know, blowing up the images in your background. Yeah. Very wow. odd. We're going to see some big versions of some of these suckers. Yeah, it's neat to see that stuff because it's like color, and then I guess maybe they're shooting it in grayscale. So you get the values in the backgrounds, you know, like stuff like this. That must be, there must be a color version of that. It says that uh, pencil and pen and ink. When you see these, it's like that rule of thirds uh, kind of compositions. Robert E. Howard portfolio, we did look at that. There's our guy. I love the gigantic signature t-shirt. <laughs> well, you don't want to forget who you're looking at. <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's like a logo. I don't know if that signature works for signing books, if you have a long line. <laughs> Rock stars, dude. These guys were the Skinner of uh, of their day. And I'm going to like get that off cam so that Scott doesn't see. That's the whole kayfabe nation would be unhappy with that. <laughs> oh, dude. That's beautiful. Let's capture the majesty. 
What a weird color that that uh, tannish color brown mm -hmm. to go with your your gold yeah. foil. Yeah, you're right. This is great. Oh, it's a sketchbook. This is cool because this is a kind of Cro-Magnum stage to get to see where, how he arrives at this kind of work. And you do see, you see, you see the pre, before the Windsor got attached to the name kind of art. This is cool. This is all discovery. This is a famous piece to me, man, because of, uh, this book, comic book artists that, that, uh, it's sort of like a bibliography or like an encyclopedia. I'll show it to you, man. I just got one off eBay, but we're going to put that on the channel at some point. I like the book construction, how the cover's like a bigger piece. Yeah. I don't see that a lot. Did you see a year on this? Mm. Makes me really curious. Like 75. Yeah. They must have had a network of a few guys he could distribute this through. I'm sure. You know, like that early direct, not quite direct market, but, but kind of like trade show kind of. I think direct market. Like, you know, the bud plants and the ceilings were, were firmly established. I always wonder with these guys that seem to have some connection to that network. Yeah. That it would go back to like sci-fi conventions. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of like Jim Starlin, who's doing like uh, fanzines and things. And clearly sci-fi influence yeah and it makes me think like he must have come out of like sci-fi fandom because there weren't really comic conventions you know say in the 60s all right man we got some color work to show off wow this is sweet different very smooth paper here 79 so this is uh probably nearing the peak of Fort Blimey this is really interesting because it has an aged look. It does. Like, like there's a muted quality to some of those colors that almost feels like you're emulating the age that you would see sure. in, the, in the older art that you're studying and looking at. Right. Uh, but beautiful paper. Like this paper is archival, man. It is not yellowing. Also love seeing this kind of bright color that he's putting in because you would see it again when he gets back to comics and now he's coloring a bunch of his stuff you would see a similar approach to palette right but wait folks that's not all yeah this one's going to be a little challenging we'll see how you should um should we go one at a time i don't know i don't know the best way to do this this is where like we need where's tom at right now <laughs> need another set of hands to uh flatten this that's cool. We've seen that now in a few different sizes. Yeah. In some of this stuff. Getting into storyteller palette. Right. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking of with some of the color. And he's even doing like really luminescent sort of highlights on these pieces. He's doing this BWS. I'm looking for that. Is this saying 1990? It does say 1990. Yeah, wow. it does feel late period. So it would be not too far from the storyteller time frame this was something that was being sold in that super graphics uh, that super graphics catalog the original art to this piece all different um, paper stocks right I think that speaks to you're trying something that isn't hasn't been done yeah 
Dude, that's badass, man. Yeah, that Here, really let me is. let me get the, the badass part on on cam. <laughs> yeah, they're just showing off the horn. And and like accurate shading, I feel like for where the sun is. Oh man, you can't sleep on this peacock right there. When you say even a, like a prism. Yeah, when you have a piece this big, uh, does that suggest uh, blowing up the image? Or did he draw it at this size? You know, like, that's pretty bold stuff. Like, I'm, I'm imagining he drew it smaller if I had to gun to the head. I bet you're right, just because I think a lot of this stuff is probably drawn smaller than this. Yeah. This is a pretty famous image. I feel like I've seen this quite a bit. And that is, you know, study the details in the background as we're holding this on screen. It's just loaded. This is going to, like... When he drew this and put that out there, man, he got a, had a lot of... That was an icebreaker to a lot of those, like, Saturns and retrograde hippie chicks, man. They know what that shit is. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting, like, the you know, these marks are really big, heavy marks. Yeah. So you were asking about size on that last piece. But then you cut to, like, some of the small details in the background, and it's just loaded with detail. Yeah, it is. You know, yes. like now if I saw this, it'd almost feel like, oh, this was put together digitally in the right. background. You know, like it's probably drawn at different sizes, but back then, I don't know. Okay, we saw this in a small scale when I mentioned that, that like, uh, rule of thirds. It's nice to see this at this scale. Yeah, because... Like, I missed all of that. Yeah, absolutely. He's like a translucent, like, you know, he's solid and he becomes an apparition the, the lower you go. Look at the tree branch shadows. Oh, yeah. And stuff cutting in, like, you know, wagon wheels or something. These guys were just trying to impress each other. Like, <laughs> like, like, right and turned in. You know a what, Because look what we're skipping out. Yeah. There's, like, some kind of architectural structures behind all those trees. Right and turns no, in a, a Frankenstein page, and, and Barry's like, you know, that's nice, but how about this? And then Kaluta got to come out of the cut. Wow. And then Jones got to paint something. <laughs> Dude, those little water splashes, man. Holy fuck. They're very tiny. You're learning stuff. Like, this is a cool effect. Yeah. Yeah, this is a piece that was in black and white in one of those books. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing how different they are at these scales. You know, it's almost you see different stuff. It's almost like different images. Holy smokes. Yeah, this is for all you Conan fans out there. I mean, he set the bar high, and you could grab any Marvel Conan book, and everybody who draws that stuff is trying to stack up to this kind of material. This gradient... All in line and all in hatching. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Really sells the shape of that helmet. Because I look at it on screen and it is such a gradient. Yeah. And like you can see crisp, sharp lines that are making that. Yeah, he's getting into his like monster mark making there. Yes. And, and this is 1977. That's wild. Yeah. That gives me a lot of hope to think this is 1977. And then monster comes out, you know, 2021. Right. That's a long time to have that kind of line control. This is very colluded to me. Yeah, sure. It's interesting to think of artists sharing studio and having influence on one another like that. Yeah, I could see canvas texture through 
in here and and that's not something i've seen on any other piece i appreciate the attention to background detail mm -hmm. you know having all these stones these different colors some of them illuminated by the fire yeah yeah you could kind of it's so crazy because like i don't see the uh canvas texture like through here but i see it everywhere else it just doesn't get picked up on a later color or something beautiful so we're going to divvy these up off cam because I think it's going to be a spirited debate of mergers <laughs> and acquisitions and uh, negotiation. But we got to give shouts to Scott Strong, who, uh, out of the kindness of his heart, just sent us some super rare. This is really exciting stuff, not just because I haven't seen it, but I feel like if you're watching this video, we shoot it in HD. It's a chance for a lot of people to enjoy this stuff. Absolutely. You know, uh, we certainly have Barry Windsor Smith fans on the channel, so uh, it's it's. I'm excited to be able to share this. Us included. You good to go? I am. All right, kayfabers, man. Christmas in July is the last Saturday of July. We want you to go to your uh, your free little libraries in your neighborhoods, in your cities, and drop off some comp copies if you're a maker. Drop off some doubles if you are a comics fan. We need to create more uh, comic book readers out there, and this is our own kind of free comic book day. I want you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what do you have out there, man? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness are in comic shops now. It's my retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I'm writing, drawing, coloring, lettering, all the Grand Design tradition there. Pick that up while you can and join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug where you can see a lot more of my comics art, how I make comics, and download some of my out-of-print zines and minis. All four issues of Red Room Trigger Warnings are out on the stands as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game, and every issue is completely self-contained. So if you see an issue, scoop it up, give it a sample. If you dig it, grab another. It is banned in more than 28 countries. It is banned in more than 10 comic shops. So you have to hit up that link tree in the description below this video if your town is dry on Red Room Comics. Also, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. Three bucks for the archive there. And you could uh, read those Red Room comics immediately, uh, approaching at least 250 pages uh, of material uh, live on the Patreon right now. New strips every Tuesday. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, given those marching orders will be on our way. Read more comics.